Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 8th, 2021, and officially episode number 482, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network here at ParanormalKing.com, and uh, today is uh, Ghostbusters Day, so happy Ghostbusters Day to everybody out there. Um, probably not too many people knew about that, but uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever done a show on June 8th ever. I have to go through the archives to see that. But uh, today is officially Ghostbusters Day. The, uh, the original movie was released on June 8th, 1984. Boy, does that make me feel old. Uh, I have the uh, original soundtrack on cassette somewhere. And it was actually listening to my uh, limited edition marshmallow vinyl album today and uh to celebrate that so yeah i'm pretty old i guess um but today uh, we'll also cover some other topics we're it's all over the place today of course i took last week off uh being that it was right after memorial day you know the the official beginning of summer so you know a little hangover there not not uh really a hangover but uh you know, day off, week off, whatever you want to say. But uh, sometimes it's a crapshoot. Sometimes I come back and it's not even missing the beat. But uh, the last two weeks have been a pretty crazy with paranormal news. So I'll do my best to catch you up on everything that's been happening uh, all over the place. I mean, there's there's everything all over the place. Bigfoot, alligators. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of UFO stuff. Obviously, there's a uh, I don't know if you've heard some, some sort of report coming out pretty soon. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that. Uh, we've got some – man, we, we're all over the place tonight. There's all sorts of stuff. So tune in. Uh, put your five-point seatbelt on. Get your helmet. Whatever you need. There's a lot of stuff coming your way tonight, and we're just going to get to it. I'm not even worried about conferences, conventions. I haven't updated that. I know there's a bunch of stuff going on this weekend. You know, here in the Northeast, I don't know about other states, but uh, everyone's burning masks. Nobody cares about that anymore. Uh, everyone's getting back to, to normal. All the concert venues are opening up. Uh, baseball's at full capacity here in Cleveland uh, as of uh, be a week tomorrow. So uh, we still haven't had a game yet due to rain. Uh, summer's here. It's hot. It's humid. And, yeah, everything is returning to normal as far as the paranormal conferences convention scene. For the most part, it seems like. So uh, the, the door is wide open for that. So we'll kind of focus on that in the next couple of weeks to kind of get you up to date on all of that. But uh, this week, like I said, lots of news. And I kind of want to start out with some, some stuff here, uh, some personal stuff. So we'll get into anomalous notes so I don't know if you know, if you've, you've ever heard of this kid, uh, some kid named Colin Schneider. Not sure if you've ever heard the name. He's uh, was uh, a pretty 
pretty big name here in the, the cryptid arena, uh, especially here in the Northeast Ohio area and uh, I guess Western PA. It seems like all of us hang out in PA more than Ohio. I don't know. Um, but he had uh, a radio show and he still has a blog called Crypto Kid, which I don't know anymore. I heard the last time I heard Crypto Kid, some kid uh, in the cryptocurrency got arrested. So I don't know. Maybe he should change that. But anyway, um, I was uh, very excited to to get an email from him uh, asking me to write, which, you know, I'm used to being on podcasts and radio shows, but uh, I love writing. So I was excited to get uh, a five-question, I guess, question questionnaire on uh, the topic of cryptozoology and what's going on nowadays with it. I thought was pretty exciting. Uh, to see that. So I uh, participated in his ongoing multi-part five-question examination on the state of cryptozoology. And I had a lot of fun answering it, but I, I feel, I don't know, I kind of feel like I was a little bit uh, harsh, which I, I guess you kind of have to be uh, since uh, I'm not really happy with what's going on. Uh, but uh, I did have a lot of fun answering it. And it, it's kind of a... I felt I, I wanted to challenge people to think a little bit differently, I guess, uh, about this pursuit of cryptozoology. Um, cryptozoologists uh, Ron Murphy, Kenny Irish have also participated in the blog, as well as noted skeptic Sharon A. Hill. Uh, so you can find, you can just uh, Google Crypto Kid. Of course, you're going to get articles again on the uh, aforementioned uh, criminal which is not the same person. Colin Schneider, uh, not a criminal, as far as I know. He's too young for that kind of stuff. Uh, but his uh, blog spot, paranorm101.blogspot.com, you can find uh, my article as well, or I guess my answers to his questions, as well as uh, everybody else's so far. And I'm kind of curious to see how many other people uh, answer. I tried not to look at it. I didn't look at it at all before I answered mine. Then I went back and read everybody else's and was like, whoops, can I change my answers? Uh, no, I'll stick to my stuff. I'm not like that. But uh, it's pretty interesting to see how differently different people look at things. I almost feel like I was more skeptical than the skeptic, if that makes any sense. Um, but I, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's certainly interesting to, to see the opinions and the... Uh, the, what do we say, the perspectives of other people uh, in the field and outside of the field as well, especially people outside of the field, how they view what we're doing, you know, from that angle. And I think that's important, especially for those of us that are, um, I don't want to say got our blinders on, but we're set in this, in this field, uh, looking outward instead of uh, where we should be kind of looking inward a little bit. So, that was fun to get that published. Uh, he he kind of made uh, kind of announced the comeback in early May, and I got the invite a couple weeks later, and it was uh, posted right at the end of May, right before Memorial Day. And uh, then I got a a message asking uh, if I knew anywhere where he could uh, return to uh, to come back on the air. Uh, it was a pretty successful. Uh, radio show host in his own right, and we uh, we shared uh, the same network a few years ago. And uh, I've known Colin for quite a while, so when he asked me uh, about coming on uh, a network 
gosh, I don't remember how many years ago that was. Uh, I was quick to say, yeah, let me get you in here because uh, I think you'll do quite well. And I met him a long time ago. I spoke at his school a long, long time ago on uh, cryptozoology. Uh, we've hung out at a number of paranormal events over the years, talking uh, shop in various angles uh, for many, many years. And uh, now I'm very excited to announce that, yes, he is joining the Paranormal King Radio Network family. And Colin Schneider will debut, I should say re-debut, well, I guess debut here on the Paranormal King Radio Network next Monday. He'll be here live June 14th, the return of the Crypto Kid Radio Show right here on the Paranormal King Radio Network. I'm excited uh, to have Colin back. He's uh, a good interviewer. He, he, do, he does it right where it's it's kind of a conversation. It's not really, I'm going to ask you 15 questions and every show is the same for it. No, he is... Uh, uh, solid. He brings a lot of people back on a lot. Sometimes that doesn't work out, but the way he does it, uh, it really does. Because again, people change over the years. You know, he went through what we all went through. Uh, life happens, and you kind of get uh, distracted away from the paranormal. We've all been there. I've been there about five or six times. And sometimes you come back. Sometimes people don't come back. So I'm excited to see him back. See how his perspectives have changed. Uh, as things in his life has changed as well. So uh, looking forward to that next week. I believe Ron Murphy will be the inaugural guest right here. Ron is uh, is an excellent interview. He'll definitely enjoy him. He's uh, he never he never he never uh, gives a bad interview and uh, extremely knowledgeable guy. I'm looking forward to that show. I'm trying to remember if I work or not, but I'm going to definitely tune in one way or the other. And uh Enough about that. My gosh, 10 minutes about Colin here. What's This is my show. Just kidding. But uh, excited to see that next Monday, June 14th. I wanted to say that's 8 p.m. Am I wrong? Am I right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Uh, probably 8 p.m. Uh, but tune in. Check it out. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Paranormal King Radio Network. Get all the other fantastic shows, pretty much one a day here. And you can listen to archives of all the other shows throughout the week. As well. So, speaking of cryptozoology and cryptozoologists, let's get into some cryptid news for this week. Uh, we're all over the place with that. Uh, but let's start in my neighboring state of Pennsylvania. Uh, I could tell you, uh, I haven't done much lately. I don't think I've, trying to think, uh, 2021 here, I've not left the state. And if that, uh, Trend continues. It's probably the first time I won't leave the state of Ohio probably since I was six years old. Actually, probably, I don't know. I don't think I've ever not left the state to go somewhere. Uh, so I'm getting a little nervous about that. At least last year, I was out in Arizona before the world came to an end. Uh, but I've hiked various places in Pennsylvania over the years. Uh, some very beautiful places out there. Uh, some of that landscape is absolutely perfect for uh, animals like mountain lions. You expect to see one around every corner. Uh, I've seen bear. I've seen elk out there. Uh, but I'm still waiting to see Bigfoot. I've also had the pleasure of kayaking in a few places in the Keystone State as well. and I've, I've had uh, opportunity to see a lot of other wildlife from the, the shores and from the middle of lakes. Uh, osprey. I had a bald eagle fly over top of me and land on a 
a log, got to float by him, uh, really majestic thing. And uh, But uh, one animal I'm generally not looking out for when I'm out either in the water uh, or walking the shores or looking out at lakes, uh, but maybe one I should be, is uh, one you'd expect to find along the Gulf states of the south. And yes, that's alligators. So just before Memorial Day, a post showed up on a Facebook website uh, named Find Toby in Pennsylvania. So the Find Toby uh, in PA is a site for assisting owners in finding their lost dogs and other animals. And the post in question shows a three to four foot long alligator swimming in the Susquehanna River. Are you missing an alligator? Uh, we found one. Uh, it uh, doesn't have a tube. It's not a inflatable. Uh, this is a real deal. Floating down the Susquehanna River. Uh, well, it's usually your run-of-the-mill cat and dog missing on the site. Uh, there's a lot of huskies, which concerns me because that's what I have. Yeah, they do like to run away. They do like to run around. Uh, there's the occasional bird. Uh, a couple of pigs in there. I see a ferret. Rabbits. How can you tell a... A wild rabbit from one that's escaped. I'm not sure. Uh, recently, there was a peacock sighting, as well as uh, two goats reported missing. Hopefully, they find those. Uh, but the alligator, who's named Oscar, was spotted swimming in the river on Friday, May 28th. The alligator had escaped from its owner, and after being notified of the post, the owner was able to capture the alligator safely, uh, who was said to be tamed by the owner. Uh, although not uh, warned not to uh, approach it if you did see it, which is kind of weird. If it's tame, why warn people? But uh, alligators are wild animals. doesn't matter how tame you, you make it. You can feed it marshmallows and rub its belly all you want, but it's still a, uh, a vicious creature that's going to rely on its instincts to defend itself and to, uh, you know, get a snack whenever it needs one. And uh, so, yeah, Oscar is now home. He's safe. Uh, he's warm. And he's comfortable. And hopefully not swimming in any lakes or rivers. Uh, so, yeah, this is a one-off story. But in just the last 20 years, and uh, most of them recently, uh, there's been 22 reported sightings of alligators in Pennsylvania. And these are living ones, not dead ones. Uh, in tw 2019, seven alligators were found in the wild alone um that's concerning and uh, part of the reason is it is legal perfectly legal to own an alligator in the state of pennsylvania however it is illegal to let them loose into the wild but if you know you'll allow people to own these things uh, sometimes they grow too big uh it's it outgrows the kiddie pool it outgrows your bathtub uh, what do you do with it uh it's it's uh you know, going after the neighbor's chihuahua, you can't uh, you can't feed it anymore. You can't take care of it. I mean, what are you going to do? Stop working to stay home and take care of this thing? No, you're just going to dump it into a river or a lake uh, where, sadly, once it gets cold out, it's it's going to die. So you're, you're pretty much um, giving it a death sentence. If you do, throw it out into the wild. Um, so call somebody. You know, generally states, I'm not sure about Pennsylvania exactly, but most states, if you do surrender an animal, uh, there's really no questions asked. 
uh, especially in states where they're illegal to, to be owned, if you do surrender it without letting it loose. Because this is a problem everywhere. This is one of the reasons why I talk about it. Uh, let alone, I hear a lot of stories here in Ohio of people, especially kayakers. I think this really hit when I started kayaking quite a bit, uh, talking to other kayakers who have actually seen alligators here in the state of Ohio. Not all of them get reported. Not all of them get investigated. A lot of times people call and they get laughed at, told that they've, they probably just saw a branch floating by and they just misinterpreted it. Well, you know, I've seen the pictures. Uh, these are actual alligators. Uh, so this is a problem everywhere. And uh, yeah, some people don't consider an alligator let loose, you know, exotic pet to be a, a cryptid. But, eh, you know, in the loose definition of things, they, they do fit that definition. But I think it's more of a, an ecological problem uh, as well as the poor animals. I mean, it wasn't too long ago alligators were endangered. And, you know, now they're, yeah, boy, if you go down to Louisiana, you go down to Texas, you go down to Florida, especially, you can tell they're not endangered anymore. They're everywhere. Um, but if you're going to buy one, take care of it. Have, have, a, have a plan with all this stuff if you're going to do that. Anyway, get off my high horse on that one. And let's talk Bigfoot. Well, before we talk Bigfoot, I want to welcome back. In the chat room, Dita, who's back in the chat room tonight. Of course, all the regular folks I see in, in the chat room that are here every week. Um, and I know she gets upset if I don't put the links in there. So I'm going to put some links in these for these stories in case you want to check them out. Uh, let's get the alligator story. There we go. Don't want to hurt anybody by dropping links in there. Uh, yeah, let's talk Bigfoot. So Bigfoot, uh, you know, it's been hit and miss all season long here on the show. Uh, not really a whole lot of uh, stories this year, but uh, back in January, you might remember, uh, Oklahoma State Representative Justin Humphrey introduced House Bill 1648 that sought to establish a Bigfoot hunting season and the creation of annual dates, licenses, and fees, and all that stuff to go with it in order to generate some interest in tourism in this state. You know, what better way uh, to bring friendly people into your state than uh, finding something and killing it, right? That makes perfect sense. Um, at least that was initially the interpretation of things. That's how I looked at it. That's uh, how a lot of news uh, outlets looked at it as well. This guy is crazy. He's just bringing people out here to shoot up the woods, uh, bring a bunch of gun-toting crazy people uh, drinking uh, Genesee and whatever else. Um, I apologize to any Genesee drinkers out there. Uh, Paps Blue Ribbon? I don't know. Uh, but Humphrey quickly backpedaled, stating he wanted the uh, safe capture. Oh, no, no. By hunting, I don't mean killing. I just mean safely, humanely capturing a uh, you know seven, eight-foot-tall, four, 500-pound creature, which has got to be pretty easy to do, right? I don't think anybody would ever get hurt trying to do that. Yeah, so the safe capture of Bigfoot, not actually killing one, uh, but the widespread media exposure, again, made it out to, to look he was like he was trying to get proof of the creature uh, based on his personal beliefs rather than attract people to the state for fun and adventure. Kind of kind of backfired on, on him a little bit there. Uh, the whole situation seemed to be a recipe for disaster, uh, as well as a bad reputation for the state of Oklahoma. 
And to no one's surprise, the bill was uh, pretty much completely ignored by lawmakers. Uh, They didn't even vote on that. They just kind of sidestepped it completely. And uh, his initial plan was for a $25,000 bounty for the safe capture of Bigfoot. I guess that's plenty of cases of beer, a couple cases of uh, shotgun shells. That might be kind of persuasive to some people. Uh, In early March, he then stated the bounty was raised to $2.1 million. That's quite the increase. Uh, and this was uh, in part due to a Hollywood Bigfoot movie that was that had pledged money, uh, along with another private business that pledged $100,000. He also said that instead of going through the state's wildlife department with licenses, uh, which could get kind of complicated and obviously cause the uh, kind of the, the misnomer of thought that he was uh, wanted to kill something instead of capture it, uh, he got uh, the the bright idea to go through the tourism department instead, which I don't know why he didn't do that in the first place. Uh, It was then that he announced that the state would create Sasquatch Quest. Yes, Sasquatch Quest uh, to seek a Bigfoot for safe capture in the wild, as well as uh, a Bigfoot promotional campaign with license plates, decals, uh, along with the annual licenses and Bigfoot checkout stations. And again, like I said before, I'm I'm kind of confused as to why they would use the word Bigfoot so much, and then uh, call the official thing a Sasquatch Quest. I can't even say it. Sasquatch Quest. Sasquatch Quest. Too many cues. Uh, well, the whole ordeal seems to serve his personal beliefs. It it really seems like it. Uh, Humphrey states the the money generated will go to help maintain the state's lakes, parks, and roadways that are in dire need of help. Uh, And after being quiet about this for a few months, we haven't heard anything about it, thought it would kind of just go away on its own. Uh, uh, Humphrey was back in the news a couple of weeks ago. Wednesday, May 26th, he announced the bounty for Bigfoot had been raised once again. He stated, quote, We're going to offer $3 million. We raised the bounty again today, $3 million, for a live capture of an unharmed Bigfoot, unquote. I guess you got to get a physical. Maybe that's part of the Sasquatch Quest checkout station. It's got to go through a rigorous physical. Uh, Maybe some of that $3 million to go to MRIs to make sure you don't break any bones. I'm not sure how all that's going to work. I don't know what you got to sign something. Is there a statement? I'm not sure how all this works. I'm confused. Uh, he also stated that a film crew would be documenting various attempts to find the mythical creature over a six-month period. Uh, so I guess uh, you know if three million dollars isn't enough to lure you to the state of Oklahoma to search for a Bigfoot and uh, spend a lot of money on some sort of cage apparatus to safely capture it, maybe some. Uh, you know, some some of those things you, you put in uh, some people. I don't recommend this because uh, go to jail for it. But, you know, some people slip things into people's drinks. You know, maybe that is something you have to get. I don't think candy bars will work. Uh, I don't know how. How are you going to get this Bigfoot? You know, you're going to shoot it with a tranquilizer dart like Jurassic Park. I'm not sure what you're going to do. I have no idea. Maybe I've given out too many ideas already to people. Um, but if, you know, that money isn't enough. And the fame and fortune isn't enough. 
um, hey, you get on TV on top of it. So not only would you be uh, $3 million richer, it's probably under an in- income. So you probably only make like, what, $800,000 after taxes. Um, you'll be uh, on every newspaper around the world, probably. Um, but uh, you also be on a TV show. So there it is. I think that's enough right there. So expect to see a lot more traffic on the streets of Oklahoma. You're definitely going to need uh, money to improve that if you're going to have a bunch of uh, pickup trucks uh, flying down the road pretty soon. So, yeah. Let's see. I got a, like eight links of that story. So I'll pick one here. We'll go Newsweek. We'll link on that one. Throw that in the chat room. And uh, don't worry, I will be posting these links throughout the week on Facebook, uh, hopefully. I know I make that promise, and sometimes I, I forget. The uh, Facebook hasn't been very kind to me lately with putting these things up in advance. It says, ha-ha, it's, it's uh, programmed to go on, but then it never does. So I don't know what their issue is. Uh, so if you're not interested in uh, packing up the truck, and heading down to Oklahoma, if $3 million isn't enough for you, and uh, th- you know this whole saga of Justin Humphrey and this Bigfoot bounty uh, might be one of the strangest Bigfoot stories of the year. Uh, there's another one that's uh, to me, is a little bit more interesting. And yeah, if, if $3 million, while it's a nice stack of money, maybe it's – you don't want to go through the work of actually capturing Bigfoot. Uh, maybe you could see somebody who's already done it. Yeah, it's already been done. Uh, and it happened here in Ohio. Yeah, Bigfoot was, is, uh, was captured. Of course, he's not here in Ohio anymore. He uh, was uh, transported across state lines. I, I don't know if that's legal. Can you transport a Bigfoot across state lines? That's, uh, that's one question that no one's really ever asked. You know, we generally talk about... Uh, you know, shooting it or, you know, killing it on, on state or private or federal grounds. But uh, what about transporting it? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Uh, you might have gotten a glance at this thing. Uh, you might have been able to see this captured Bigfoot. If you were on the lookout on uh, Interstate 70, which runs pretty much, uh, I think it goes pretty much all across the United States for the most part. Uh but it started here in Ohio, down in Columbus, transported out of Columbus, Ohio, and uh, was recently delivered to Colorado. Yes, a large wooden crate strapped to a trailer and towed by a truck received a lot of glances and uh, spurred a lot of conversations as it headed west. And if you don't believe me, uh, I've got pictures. You know, they always say if you uh, only believe it if you got pictures. Uh, let's see. Here we go. We got a couple pictures here. So here's a picture of the. Whoops. Whoops. I screwed that up. So. Yeah, we got a picture of the trailer. So it's all it is. It's just a like a uh, giant box. It's got some spray paint on it. Little graffiti there, saying "Warning, Sasquatch." I mean, if I was driving down the road and I saw that, uh, I'd follow that anywhere, just to get a glance. I'd wait for the next rest stop or when the truck ran out of gas. I definitely want to check that out uh, for sure. When it says, especially when it says look inside on the giant crate, it's got bars on the, on the back of the trailer. I I definitely would have generated a lot of interest 
uh, with the warning messages uh, about a captured Sasquatch. So uh, the trailer arrived yesterday, uh, June 7th, in Bailey, Colorado. And no, it's not an, an actual living Sasquatch, nor is it dead. Just let me preface that. Uh, it arrived at the Sasquatch Outpost in Bailey, Colorado. Uh, the Sasquatch Outpost is a museum dedicated to Bigfoot and Sasquatch. It's pretty much the same dude, just uh, different regional uh, flavors of the creature, I guess you could say. Uh, I shouldn't say flavors because that's what you eat. Uh, but, eh, you know, types, descriptions, witness statements. Uh, claims to be listed as one of the top 10 wackiest places to visit in Colorado. Not sure about that. Uh, aren't they one of those legalized states? Anyway, um, probably top 10 wackiest places to visit in Colorado. Sure, sure. I don't need to read the list. Uh, I, I trust your judgment. Uh, inside of the crate is a 7-foot, 3-inch tall mechanical Sasquatch. That would be a sight to see for sure. Uh, along with a smaller juvenile, uh, the pair of creatures were built by Unit 70 Studios in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Unit 70 Studios creates life-size animatronic and static props used in haunting attractions and other uh, areas of the theme park industry. And uh, got pictures of those, too. It's uh, pretty cool, uh, to say the least. Uh, I'll give you one of them in the trailer first. It's pretty cool. Uh, now, if I peered through that and I saw a giant thing, almost looks like the Minnesota Iceman a little bit. Um, got another one where they're walking around. I'd love to see some video of this thing moving around. Uh, I have gone to the uh, Unit 70 Studios website and peered around. They got, man, they got some really cool uh, animatronic stuff uh, on their site. Yeah, Haunted Attractions, yeah, it's been kind of uh, lackluster the last, well, especially last year, but uh, should should uh, get a little bit, uh, probably going to be in high gear this year. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. I, I think it's uh, really going to be a big year, so uh, obviously, um, Sasquatch Outpost shut a, a little bit of cash uh, to get this, and I'm sure a lot of other attractions are going to try to uh, do what they can to, you know, get some attention here. Uh, certainly, less than three million dollars. There's a, a static version of Bigfoot on the Unit 70 Studios website. It goes for about forty-five hundred dollars. It looks a lot different than this one, though. I'm not sure how much this one would be. If I had to guess, probably seven grand. That's just my guess. I don't really know, but I, I think, I mean, I think that's worth it. That thing is pretty cool. I don't think it would fit in my garage, uh, but I uh, definitely put that out in the front yard for sure. That is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure I'll get out to Colorado anytime soon, but uh, I know it's there. So, yeah, if you're interested, head on out to Bailey, Colorado. Check that thing out. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Sure, animatronic. I want to see that thing in, in motion for sure. Let me get a link to that story in the chat room. And again, uh, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll, I'll set a reminder for myself to post all these. I'll stay up late tonight and put them all in there. Hopefully it works throughout the week. Uh, so that's your cryptid news. And 
Obviously, UFO news is uh, the big focus right now. It's been the focus for probably the last, uh, well, two, two and a half years or so. Uh, seems like public interest and even the government has shifted over to the UFO arena from, you know, ghosts used to be the big thing not too long ago. Now, really, nobody really cares about ghosts anymore, I guess. Um but yes, possibly the biggest story of the year. We've been waiting for something like this for a long time. It's official. I was excited about this, but I I, I, uh, I acted too late. Very let down about this story. Could, um, I couldn't imagine this would have ever happened. Very excited about the story, but nonetheless can't participate. So on June 3rd, it was officially announced that by going to the website of Oreo.com, you would be able to get a free Oreo pack called The Offering. Yes, The Offering uh, is, uh, well, it's just regular Oreos in the, in the container. But the container is a uh, limited edition packaging that features a bright blue area on the front of the bag where you take an Oreo and you leave it on the top of the bag for a potential alien visitor. So I guess you put it, the pack of Oreos out in your backyard and, uh, you know, you get a, a visitor from it. So, yeah, it, it's just a gimmick. And just as you might suspect, uh, the Oreos sold out in record time. So by the time I heard about this story, uh, it was the day of the debut. You could go online, register for this stuff. You had to put your email address and I think your phone number. So you kind of sold your your contact information just for a pack of Oreos. But you know what? I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. Um, you had to pay shipping. I think just shipping. I think it was like $3 or something. Uh, but they were gone. I don't know if it was hours or minutes. Uh, but they were gone. So the, you can't get them. Unless you, I don't know. I haven't checked eBay. I'm sure they quite would be quite expensive at that point. Uh, but yeah, the offering Oreos. Let me, uh, I think I got a picture of those. Packaging. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's gimmick. Kind of like the, uh, that the Bud Light during the, uh, that event back in Area 51. Oh, so long ago. Yeah, there it is. The offering. Chocolate sandwich cookies. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But they're gone. I'm going to keep watching, though. Oreo.com. The offering. We'll get some. Still haven't had my Bud Light, my alien Bud Light yet, but yeah, maybe. Maybe someday. All right, let me throw that link in the chat room. So, yeah, obviously that's not the big story of UFOs and just kind of teasing you guys, you know, uh, there's some big stuff going on. I don't have to remind you. We're all waiting. Uh, I know it's going to be a letdown. I'm not getting, trying to get too worked up or excited about all this. I know it's going to happen. It's not going to be that exciting. Um, but some, some interesting information keeps getting leaked. It, it just seems like we're spoon fed little bits of information, uh, a sighting here and there, just enough to keep us interested uh, between all these things that are going on and, you know, we're, 
we're patiently waiting for this giant report that's supposed to be out before June 25th of the uh, government's findings. Um, so, yeah. So Americans are shocked enough to know that the U.S. government is actually still investigating UFOs, or I guess UAPs nowadays, uh, unidentified aerial phenomena. So they created UFOs anyway. The Air Force created the term UFO. It used to be a UFOB, unidentified flying objects. Uh, somewhere the, the B got lost. I don't know where it went. It uh, shrank. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. But UFOBs was the original uh, term used on documentation by the Air Force. So, yeah, they can change the name if they want. Uh, but now... Yes, now it seems that the Flat Earthers' least favorite organization is now in on the act as well. So it's not just the Pentagon. It's not just the Air Force. But yes, now NASA is in on the action. Uh, in an interview made available on June 4th with CNN's Rachel Crane, yes, NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, uh, their chief, Bill Nelson, who uh, recently took the position shared that agency researchers are also looking into the reports of Uf, U.S. Navy pilots reporting seeing moving objects in the sky that uh, seem to defy physics and logic in the way they were moving. Now, I'm not sure how they're looking at these reports, what they're actually looking for, or what their you know focus is on looking at uh, these videos or they're just the reports or what exactly they're trying to prove here or disprove. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but Nelson says, uh, quote, now that I'm here at NASA, I've turned our scientists and have said, would you looking at it from a scientific standpoint, see if you can determine what these objects are so we can have a better idea. Unquote. So, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what their focus is going to be, if they're really going to look at it logically or say, uh, just try to determine speed, angles, and all these other things that keep getting thrown around by people. Um, yeah, what is it going to add to uh, all this debate and all this uh, questioning, conjecture? You know, I, I don't know what the, the end game of NASA is here, uh, other than maybe to get some funding which we'll talk about that here in a, in a minute. Uh, what this means, yeah, we have no idea. Uh, but hopefully, my hope is they're, they're a little bit more objective. And this is why I'm glad to see a, a different agency get involved other than the, you know, the Pentagon and uh, the Navy getting involved in, in the, the investigation because, you know, there's some means to an end when the same organizations that collect the data research the data. Uh, so hopefully there's a little bit more objectivity uh, than uh, what we've seen so far. Those who have researched these claims uh, are quick to just say, this isn't this, this isn't that. And uh, therefore, aliens. And I think there's a lot more to that than meets the eye. And no matter who uh, comes out and says, hey, look, we've uh, found potential explanations. Nobody really cares. It seems like you don't really read about that and all of these, uh, you know, high-profile uh, newspapers and, and online 
stories. You, you don't really see the logical possibilities. It's all, what are the implications of this potentially being aliens or alien spacecraft or possibly ah, a little bit watered down possibility um, technology from other countries spying on us. Oh, it's probably not. It's probably just aliens. Uh, but nobody really mentions or talks about the possibility that, uh, you know, maybe maybe we're not seeing what we think we're seeing. Maybe there's logical explanations or or maybe, you know, this isn't alien stuff. This is other people's technology that uh, is uh, spying on us. Or maybe our own technology that our own citizens are using to spy on our own military. <sighs> Who knows? But... Um, it seems to me that they're falling into the same trap that uh, UFO researchers, ufologists, and uh, cryptozoologists, and probably even ghost researchers all seem to fall into, is the illusion that uh, all these individual cases point to a paranormal conclusion. That uh, the fact that there are so many people reporting UFOs, that means that UFOs definitely exist and that they're aliens instead of looking at each individual one and saying, you know what, we can probably find a logical solution for this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one. So really that uh, it kind of tears down the, the, the fact that's thrown around that all of these are all thrown into one basket and prove things. You know? So if we're able to disprove each one one at a time, it kind of tears down the walls. But when you stand back and you look at all these reports or sightings as a collective, uh, it makes people think, hey, you can't deny this because there are so many sightings. You know, I hear that all the time in the Bigfoot field. Uh, you know, so many people have sighted a Bigfoot in a certain area, so therefore they exist. You know, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't work that way when you're talking about people witnessing things or seeing things. And uh, technology is not perfect. And uh, we'll cut into that a little deeper here in our next story, along with some other things I've already hinted at, money. Um, so yes, uh, NASA now getting involved. I have my, uh, I've got my suspicions as to why they're getting involved, and I think it has to do with uh, why this stuff is, is out there anyway in the first place, and it's kind of how I wrap up the, uh, the next story. Get the link in the chat room for you. That's why there's an odd pause in the show. So, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't mean to make fun of flat earthers like that, but yeah, they they don't like NASA very much. I know I mentioned flat earthers, but yeah, NASA is the enemy. Of course, they've uh, been fabricating photos of the Earth for for decades, and you know there's millions of people in on the secret, and it's never gotten out. Of course, sure. Sure, they are. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, UFOs and this uh, giant report that's set to come out at any moment. Holding my breath as we speak. Uh, so, uh, by June 25th, we're supposed to have this uh, giant report uh, given to Congress. And, of course, it's going to contain uh, all sorts of information on uh, research, investigations, reports, sightings, 
so on and so forth, all the information, full disclosure, everything we know about UFOs piled into one uh, giant uh, uh, pile, I guess, of paperwork. And um, yeah, but don't count on it. Uh, I don't. Uh, we while I do think we will get uh, some sort of release. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the end all be all all answers. I think it's probably going to create more questions and answers. And you know, well, we're all eagerly awaiting this uh, Department of Defense. Is it uh, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence are supposed to get together and deliver their formal report on U- UAPs and UFOs to Congress? Well, it's uh, as we've seen already throughout all this drama the last, uh, what, year and a half, two years, uh, the only way any of this stuff has ever officially come out is by leaks. And we've got a leak with this report. Uh, There was a sneak peek uh, on the New York Times website, and uh, it's been picked up by a lot of other news outlets. So June 3rd. Um, they kind of spilled the beans and it really didn't surprise too many people about a lack of conclusions on the topic. Uh, the New York times reported that anonymous senior administration officials, that uh, kind of released some information. They were briefed on the report, uh, and they unofficially announced that it uh, found no evidence that the objects seen by Navy pilots over the last two decades or so are in fact alien technologies. So uh, no conclusion. Uh, However, the report also uh, states that officials still cannot explain the movements created by these crafts in the videos. So uh, what what has been caused now is there's an interpretation, especially by the news outlets, because you got to sell papers. You got to get people to uh, click on these links. Uh, They're saying that they can't rule out extraterrestrial visitors either. Uh, so while they're in one hand, they're saying uh, probably not the aliens. Uh, the the media is still kind of pushing this this narrative that it uh, they can't rule it out. So it might be. And it seems to to be, although we don't have the official report, we're just kind of going on speculation at this point. Uh, so I'm I, I don't know whether or not. This report's going to be different than what we're hearing on this uh, leak, but it seems to be uh, probably true because that's that's all we've been fed uh, so far is a leaked video here, a leaked video there, uh, a forced statement by other leaks of information. And uh, so this is no surprise that we don't get a formal announcement. We get a leaked announcement. And uh, the only real conclusion about the report seems to be uh, those crafts seen by the U.S. Navy with uh, more than 120 reports involved do not involve technology used by the United States. So uh, one possibility has been uh, mostly ruled out with these reports, uh, but leaves the window wide open for other explanations. And that was one thing that I recommended or suggests um, that uh, it's possible that maybe some of this stuff is – you know, misinterpretation of our own technology or stuff that's being tested in front of our own people. And they don't know because they're not in the know. Um, You know, the military has a weird way of doing things like that. Uh, Historically, bringing out technology in front of our own people, they don't even know what it is 
because they're not part of that that uh, knowledge base. They're not in on what's going on. And uh, I, I guess that's not the case. Of course, would they really say that, though? Would they really say that, well, you know, actually, 20 of these reports, we're not going to tell you which ones, 20 of these reports are actually a new drone technology that we can't really divulge. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that. So uh, you don't know how true that really is. You know, we are testing new technology that seems to defy the, the laws of physics. Are we really going to admit that? Not only to our own general public, but to the world at large, who's uh, keenly watching this information unfold. Probably laughing at us, too. because We're all believing in UFOs over other technologies that exist. But uh, they, so they say, yeah, it's uh, not our own tech. But you kind of would expect that. I guess you would expect them to say that because we're not going to tip our cards. And, you know, that's that was the, the thing back in what, the 40s and 50s anyway with a lot of these UFO reports. You know, they kind of went along with it because it kind of covered up what was really going on out there in the deserts. We were testing technology that was advanced for the time. We didn't want people to know about it. So, of course, yeah, you call it a UFO. Sure. We'll go along with that. Sure. It's going to, you know, dissuade that information from actually getting out there. People are going to laugh at that. And we'll go along with it because it kind of covers up the truth. The truth being that, yeah, we were testing stuff that was uh, flew higher, flew faster than anything that existed on the planet at the time. And, you know, who's to say that we're not doing that now? And, you know, utilizing it, I mean, to me, it would make perfect sense. If I have technology that, uh, you know, I want to dispatch to other countries, that I want to see if they could evade detection or uh, do things that uh, allow it not to be picked up by current technology, I would try it on my own people first just to be sure. And so to me, that made sense that, uh, you know, maybe we're testing it on pilots who have no idea really what it is, that it's in fact our stuff. And if they can't detect it, they can't figure it out, nobody else can disseminate that information, then hey, we got us a winner. Put that thing in the production line. Uh, call somebody call Lockheed Martin. Let's get that let's get that going. Let's get it pumped out. Let's get some money. And uh, let's stamp a flag on that and let's go. Let's ship them out. Let's start spying. Um, but uh, apparently that's that's not the case. That's not the case. But who knows? And of course, many, including Mick West, who is uh, leads the charge with the I don't want to say skeptical, but more analytical. People tend to use the term skeptical towards Mick West, but I think he's more analytical. Uh, he doesn't – I don't think he has an investment either way. He just really wants to – like me, he wants to get down to uh, brass tacks. What is really going on? You know, I don't have an emotion. I don't have a feeling. I don't have a, a narrative or an agenda. I just want to know what are we seeing? What are the possibilities at play here? Uh, Mick West feels, uh, along with a lot of other people, that all of the videos that have been released so far uh, do have possible logical explanations. Now, we don't know either way. There's no way to really prove it based on the, the limited evidence or information that we have. And looking at the analysis, many others have also agreed that logical explanations do exist. And again, if we break each one down individually, 
and look at it, uh, we can find one for each one, then what does that do for the cumulative effort here? That really kind of knocks knocks things down a peg or two. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've kind, I've kind of picked up on, I've not really read this too much, but it's it's there, is the fact that many of these leaked videos and stories include technology uh, that's been used for the first time, uh, either by pilots or a group of people. And it seems that infrared cameras seem to be at the epicenter of many of these sightings. And it, it could be that many of these sightings are of known objects that are misidentified using this technology uh, that is not fully understood by the operator. So they don't know what they're looking for. They don't know what they're looking at. They don't, they're not able to determine distance or, or size. Uh, you know, your perspective is altered when you're looking at infrared technology. And if you don't really know what you're looking for beyond that, uh, your senses can be fooled. So, uh, I'm, again, I'm not saying that all of these sightings are misidentific misidentification because of technology, but it seems to me there's a lot of these uh, that um, another one UAP sighting was uh, the crew had was the first time they were using this technology on an airplane. And there was a ship that had gotten new technology as well that uh, they had, uh, as soon as they put in this new radar uh uh, infrared stuff that uh, they were starting to see all these things all over the place. And it doesn't mean that new technology is going to see things that we've never seen before. Some maybe we're just fooled by what we're seeing. You know, of course, the the former could be the explanation as well, but uh, that remains to be seen. But again, I, I think the big problem is uh, these videos come out, they're leaked, and everybody just takes them at face value. Nobody's really evaluating it, uh, other than people like Mick West or people that are just kind of outside of all this stuff. Where, where's the government at in really disseminating this stuff for anything other than making it more fantastic than what it really is. Uh, but uh, with Mick West, he's not downplaying what's uh, being seen in the skies. Uh, he does say, quote, firstly, there is a set of very real issues that could be grouped together as UAPs or UFO. Uh, anytime something unidentified shows up in restricted airspace, then that's a real problem that needs solving. We know that drones have been used for terrorist attacks, and drones will very much be a significant factor for future conflicts. So we need to figure out how to identify and mitigate such things, unquote. Uh, and another interesting angle that's slowly coming to light involves money. Yeah, I alluded to that earlier. Uh, the left argues that the Pentagon has wasted a lot of money lately. $1.6 trillion, that's trillion with a T, on the F-35 that has produced mixed results and a number of accidents. Uh, over $2.26 trillion on the war in Afghanistan and is facing a flat budget in 2021. So along with this uh, report, the Pentagon is receiving some money. So with UAPs comes cash. And if this report points in the right direction, it could lead to additional funding, which could be filtered in many different directions throughout the organization. So uh, there is a little profit potential with going along with this UAP story. So that kind of opens the door for some other questions around all this stuff. Uh, the, again, the official report is due out before the end of the month. But there's already a lot of discussion about what it will all mean and how it will affect things. 
again, my issue with all this is uh, an actual investigation into what might have caused the sightings or examining possible logical solutions, which is so far, again, only come with the general public like Mick West, you know, and uh, while I initially thought it might spark more interest in UFO sightings, UFO investigations could help organizations such as MUFON flourish once again. Uh, I've kind of been reading a lot about a similar pattern that happened leading up to the uh, 1980s and the Condon Report. And the public interest in UFOs uh, led to the government examining this information, which led to the Condon Report ultimately I really hurt the UFO field. It uh, was the end of a lot of research organizations, uh, pretty much all but the, but MUFON at the time. And it really put a big dent in uh, that whole entire field. So, yikes. What, what's going to happen here? But uh, we'll wait. We'll hold our breath. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, one more UFO story that, uh, I mean, I'd be... I miss if I didn't uh, talk about this. It's uh, pretty cool to see. Uh, let me get this link in the chat room first. See if that works. Is it going to work? I guess that looks good. Um, Stanton Friedman. So we haven't heard that name uh, in quite a while. Uh, the UFO world has not been the same since May 13th of 2019 when Stanton T. Friedman passed away at the Toronto Pearson Airport after uh, returning from an Ohio event. Uh, the passing of Freeman was the number one story here on the Paranormal News Insider Top Stories of 2019. Uh, I mean, he's credited with making belief in the UFOs mainstream as he brought the Roswell incident back into the public eye and uh, was just uh, one of a small handful of scientists who argue on behalf of the field the former nuclear physicist turned UFO spokesperson uh, was recognized by a large number of organizations and individuals after his passing uh, and even had his obituary in the New York Times. Uh, Friedman will now be remembered in a limited time showing of his work at the Fredericton Region Museum in his hometown of Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. Uh, the Fredericton uh, Region Museum has put together Stanton Friedman is out of this world exhibit to celebrate the career and contributions to UFO research. So yes, the uh, Stanton Friedman is out of this world exhibit. You can uh, catch that in Fredericton. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's a beautiful place uh, looking at pictures of it. Uh, the exhibit will include artifacts, awards, recordings of phone conversations, documents, newspaper clippings, and more with a focus on the New Brunswick area, of course. Uh, the exhibit has been in the making since January of last year and will debut on June 26th and will hopefully last around two years. And it's good to see uh, people like that honored. Uh, he really did, it really had a big impact on this field. Um, yeah, so exciting stuff there. And I got one last story. Hold on, don't everybody... Pulled up shoot yet. Everyone's leaving. That's okay. I get it. You got stuff to do. But I uh, got to mention Ghostbusters Day real quick here. So, yes, today, June 8th, the 37th anniversary of the original Ghostbusters film. Celebrations have been going on for days. I, I don't remember seeing this much excitement about Ghostbusters, uh, the Ghostbusters Day, since the 25th anniversary. That was a big deal 
I don't really remember much 30 and 35, to be honest with you. Uh, earlier today, Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman released a video talking about Ghostbusters Day. Uh, I celebrated by listening to my limited edition marshmallow colored vinyl original soundtrack album. Um, I was like, wait a minute, it's over? I remembered I had to you know, flip it over. Uh, in New York City, a large gathering of officially recognized Ghostbusters. Yes, there is such a thing. Uh, took place at the Hook and Ladder 8 firehouse that doubled as the Ghostbusters headquarter in the original two films. The firehouse has uh, been in possession of the movies. Uh, the Ghostbusters 2 movie sign. Uh, he's got the peace symbol kind of thing, but two at the same time. Remember that one? Uh, they kept it inside except for during Halloween. Unfortunately, uh, a few years ago, the sign was damaged. But just in time for Ghostbusters Day this year, the Buffalo Ghostbusters presented Hook and Ladder 8 with a new replica, no ghost sign. Uh, the sign and a sizable donation was raised via a GoFundMe campaign, uh, which is always nice to do for uh, firemen in New York City. Uh, the firehouse has already set up a small shrine inside with uh, the original Ghostbusters 2 sign and other memorabilia. It's pretty cool to see uh, a lot of support for a movie that's going to turn 40. And uh, I've got a 25th anniversary magnet. I guess I got to get updated. Uh, I've seen the original Ecto-1 at an auto show. I've seen a uh, replica of the Ghostbusters headquarters at a theme park in Florida. But man, uh, I got to get out to New York and see this. This is pretty cool. Uh, anyway, Buffalo Ghostbusters was joined by Arizona Ghostbusters, Daytona Ghostbusters, and Ghostbusters Media Corps. Uh, these are all groups recognized by Sony and have permission to use the ghost logo. So shame on those ghost organizations that use that logo. You can't do that. They'll come after you. They really will. Um, but officially recognized ghost groups. Pretty cool to see that. And of course, that's because there's a new Ghostbusters film, hopefully out uh, in November of this year. That's probably why it's a big deal. But I'm excited for that. Always excited to see stuff um, still talked about and celebrated that I grew up with. And um, yeah. So very excited for that. Very excited for Ghostbusters Day. Um, really happy that we still celebrate things like that. That's pretty cool. I mean, how many other movies do you celebrate them getting old like that? Anyway, uh, packed a lot of stuff in. And hopefully we have a lot of stuff next week. I, I think uh, next week is going to be interesting as well here on the Paranormal News Insider. But for now, I will see you next week. Keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, like Journey sings, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>